0: So we are uh, almost five months into Jubilee. Uh, Here we are towards the end of May. And uh, hopefully you are beginning to adjust uh, to some new rhythms, some new uh, patterns of life. Um, Maybe you've learned to live at a different pace. Uh, Maybe you have... uh, been able to let go of some of the things that uh, that we have laid down for a bit. Maybe you have made the choice to lay some things down yourself. All that is good. So we continue uh, to move through Jubilee. We, we are now moving into actually a time where we, we begin to think about the future, about 2024. Uh, what are we going to pick up? What are we going to pick up? that we laid down or what are we gonna pick up that we've never picked up before? What are we gonna leave behind? And so uh, I just wanna encourage you, uh, we as a staff are beginning to pray and think about that. And I wanna encourage you to do the same if you haven't already done it. And I wanna ask you to do this. Uh, If there is something that you feel strongly we should pick back up, uh, I want you to email one of us. You can email me or any of the other uh, people on staff if, if you're afraid of me. Um, <laughs> just let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. Now, I'm not going to promise you that just because you email us, that means we're going to do it. Um, but I can promise you this we'll pray about it, talk about it, get back to you about it. So let us know. If there are things that you think we should pick back up, if there are things that we've never done, that you think, "Wow, you know, what if we did this?" We would love to hear that, and um, we will continue to pray. Uh, we need to have an idea. Probably towards the end of the summer, we needed to have an idea of what we're going to do in 2024, so we can actually kind of get ready for it. You know, take some time to do some planning and do whatever. Uh, organizing we need to do as we launch uh, new things and relaunch old things uh, in 2024. So that's kind of where we're headed. Um, One of of our goals in this whole process, uh, as we've said, is to um, learn to live at a a different pace, a healthier pace, Uh, but also one of our goals is to become more missional, uh, we don't want to just do things just to be doing things. Uh, but we want to really enter into uh, what God is doing. Uh, we, we want to be a, a church that is missional, not just busy. And so what does it mean uh, to be missional? Ed Stetzer and Daniel i wrote a book called Planting Missional Churches. And they gave these three definitions. They said that mission refers to all that God is doing to bring the nations to himself. And that missions with an S relates to how God is carrying out his mission around the world. And that missional means adopting the posture of a missionary in your present context so God has a mission and everything that he's doing around the earth in regard to his mission, to accomplish his mission, we would call missions. And then missional is the posture that we have, the posture that we want to have towards what God is doing, embracing what God is doing in our context. So having a missional posture is simply understanding that Jesus has a mission and that he has invited us, he has called us into his mission. God is a sender. God is a sender. He he has always been a sender. He sent his son. He sent his son to die for us. The father sent the son. The father and the son sent the spirit. The Son and the Spirit spirit send the church. God has always been a sender. The church, according to Neil Cole, in his book, uh, Church 3.0, should look more like a river than a lake. A lake kind of sits there. Now, I know if you're a biology major, you're gonna come and tell me after church, listen, Tom, there's so much going on in a lake. It's changing moment by moment. I understand that, but just go with me here. A lake, <laughs> a lake really doesn't move a lot. Okay, it kind of stays in the same place. A river moves. You can enter into a lake and come out of that lake in the same place with Fair, fairly easily. Try to do that with a river. You, you can't. You enter into a river, you come out in a different place. A river is moving and it is meant to bring change and it will bring change to all of us. Uh, the kingdom of God and the church is more like a river than a lake. And so when we enter into it, one of the purposes of being a part of of what God is doing is that he wants to bring change in our lives. The kingdom of God is meant to be a moving force in our lives. There is a current that we have to surrender to. And that current is the mission of God on earth. Now, obviously, we surrender to him first and foremost. We we surrender to God. But there's also a mission that he wants us to surrender to, the current of what he's doing. We've talked about this before, and and I want to put this in in this context. We we have said before when we talk about being a house of prayer that we don't want to be a body of people who make plans and then ask God to bless our plans, right? We want to ask God what the plan is. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. When it comes to being missional, we're not running off on this save the world campaign and asking God to come along. We're asking God, what are you doing? Because we want to do what you're doing. We want to be where you are. We want to be about what you are about. So the church is not sent on a mission by God, but rather the church is invite, invited to go with God in his mission. We're invited to join his mission. And, and guess what? His mission is not get more people in church. That's, that's not his mission. His mission is get more people into Jesus. Okay, so being missional doesn't just mean being evangelistic. It doesn't just mean fighting for social justice. It's not just a reason to plant churches or a strategy for church growth. Becoming missional means recognizing why Jesus came and joining him in what he's doing. Recognizing why he came and joining him in what he's, he's doing. So, To be missional, we have to understand God's mission. We have to understand our context and we have to equip and send people. Those are three basic things. So number one, understand God's mission. Do we know why he came and what he did? So what is God's mission about? We know that he came to seek and to save the lost. Why did he come to seek and to save the lost? Because we were hopeless without him. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except through him. So that there's no other way. So if Jesus doesn't come, nobody lives. If Jesus doesn't come, live on the earth, die on the cross, be raised on the third day, nobody lives. And so the reason that he came is because we were hopelessly lost unless he came. He came and he died in our place to create the opportunity for us to have relationship with him. He came to seek and to save the lost. That's the first thing we understand. The first thing we understand is that uh, God's mission is to seek him to save the lost. And the reason that's his mission is because without him, we're all lost. Okay. Second thing we want to understand is our context. We want to understand the context that we live in. And to understand how to bring the mission of God into that context, Jesus didn't adopt uh, the form of, of of evangelism that a lot of us in throughout history of the church have tried to use. If he had, what he would have done, instead of coming to Earth and dying, he would have just cupped his hands in heaven and yelled down to us, "Hey." it's great in heaven, you should come, right? Because for a lot of our time as believers, instead of entering into our context, we have tried to call people out of the context into the church. Why don't you come to church? You should come to church. Maybe if you came to church with me, you could hear a sermon and get saved. That's been kind of our method for evangelism. But Jesus didn't just yell, hey, y'all come to heaven, it's great up here. He didn't send out a flyer to everyone or send an email to everyone, you should, you should come to heaven. It's better here than where you are. What he did was he entered into our context. He actually became a human Let's read from John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So we'll pause right there. Just hold that right there. Go back to three. There. Okay. So here's the story. Jesus is with the Father. In creation, okay? He's always been. Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem. He has always been. And he was with the Father in creation. In the beginning was the word. Okay, then verse three, through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. But born of God. The Word, listen to this, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus became one of us, and he came. And he lived among us. He entered into our context. And his call for us is to enter into the context of those around us. We are called to go to the world, not just to stand behind the walls of the church and and yell for people to come. Or even to stand behind the walls of the church and pray for people to come. That's not all we're called to do. We are called to go into the context of other people. Jesus didn't just come to the earth. He could have come to the earth as God. Would have been a whole different story. But instead, he came and lived among us as one of us. He became fully human while still being fully divine. He became relatable. If he had just walked the earth as God, I don't know if it, I, don't, I don't think it would have had the same impact. Paul understood the importance of context. If you read through the letters of Paul, you will see that he had different strategies for different groups of people. His strategy for reaching the Gentiles was different than his strategy for reaching Jews. His message was the same, but his strategy was different. And in order to operate in that way, you have to take time to understand context rather than just complaining about our context we need to try to understand our com- our context. Why are the people in our community the way they are? Why do they say the things that they say? Why do they do the things that they do? Why do they act like they act? Why do they not care? Why do they hate the church? Why do they hate me? We need to ask those questions and we need to try to understand those questions because until we take some time to try and understand the context around us and the people that we live among, we won't have the best strategy of reaching them. We know the message, but we need some understanding in how to give that message, how to present that message. Paul understood that. Jesus understood that. And we need to understand it. So don't just complain about your context, but take time to try and understand it. And then the third part of this is to equip and send. Now, equipping is, is again, not just telling you what to do and say. Equipping also has to do with coming to a deeper understanding of who you are. Here's one of the things that we understand about identity. If I know who I am in Christ, then in my relationship with you, I can give to you without needing anything in return. I can be generous and gracious toward you without looking to get something from you. If I don't know who I am, then in my relationship with you, I'm going to try to get from you because I'm trying to figure out who I am. And unfortunately, a lot of us have spent a good bit of time in relationship with people who didn't know who they were and they took from us because they were trying to figure out who they were and they were doing it from the wrong source because we we really couldn't provide that. And honestly some of the people that have done that in our lives and some of us maybe in this room who have done that with other people were Christians. We were Christians. We we believed we had put our faith in Jesus, but we still didn't quite understand who we were. Because You see, this this whole idea of identity is a journey and we probably look at it more in regard to progress than perfection. There are people in this room, myself included, who have a better idea today of who we are than we did maybe 10 years ago, but we're still not quite there yet. And so we still have a tendency at times to take from people. Maybe we do things to try to get a response from people so we'll feel better about ourselves. Jesus didn't do that because he knew 100% who he was. Because he knew 100% who he was, he was able in the context of relationships to be completely generous, completely selfless, and just to give. And that's that's what he's calling us into. He wants us to live that way. And one of the key pieces for for us in that regard is knowing who we are. And that begins with knowing what he thinks about you. Not what I think about you not what you think about you, not what your friends think about you, not what you think your friends think about you, what he believes and says about you. If you don't know that, there are two ways you can, you can find that out. And they really should be used together. You need both of these, I believe. Number one is read the Bible. It, it's full of messages from him about what he thinks of you. For one thing he sent his son to die for you. That that should speak heavily. He allowed his son to suffer and die so that you could know him. That that says a lot. So read scripture. Read the Bible and read it from the position of what does God think of me? Why does God do the things that he does? What does he think of me? And then After you've read scripture, or as you read scripture, get alone in a quiet place and ask God, what do you think of me? And write down what he says. You need to know, because this is the foundation of all that we do. Knowing what God thinks about us is the foundation of everything that we do going forward. And so God is calling us to be missional. He is calling us not just to get behind the walls of the church and hope that people come or even to open the doors and yell for people to come. He is calling us to go out into the world and to engage with people so that they can come to know him. Notice Jesus came to seek and to save and He's calling us to be seekers as well, to seek out those who need him and bring them, help bring them to faith. And so to do that, we have to understand who we are, what our relationship with God is based on. It's not based on what we do. It's based on who he is. What our relationship with him is based on what his call on us is about, how we go about that, how we live that out. Now, every one of you is a missionary. Every one of you is a missionary. We used to talk about when I was growing up, so-and-so got called to full-time ministry. And then we would talk about so-and-so got called to be a missionary. And Guess what? The joke's on all of us because every one of us, when we said yes to Jesus, was called into full-time ministry and called to be a missionary. And so we have a room full today of ministers and missionaries. Everybody here. If you said yes to him, he didn't say you'll make a great bench player. He said, I want you in the game as soon as possible. As soon as possible. So here's what we're gonna do. Your favorite thing. We're gonna get into groups of three or four. Once you get into little groups of three or four and we're gonna put a question on the screen. Here's the question. If I were going to be more missional, I would, I want you to finish that sentence, okay? Um, Don't just say, I would pray and be done. (laughs) I want a little bit of of discussion, okay? You know, if I were going to be more missional, I would, like if there are things that are in your heart, dreams that are in your heart, things that you've wanted to do but haven't started or things that you think you would need to change, Maybe things you would need to lay down or, you know, whatever. If I were going to be more missional, I would. I want you to finish that sentence in a small group, talk about it. And if it spurs other questions, deal with those questions. And then before we're done, I want you to pray for each other. I want you to pray that, that all of us would, number one, know who we are and say yes to his invitation to Go. Not just to come here on Sundays, but to understand that, as we said last week, that ministry happens more out there than in here. And that he has something for every one of us. He has opportunities for every one of you. If we will open our eyes and look around and just say, God, what are you doing in my world? I wanna know, where do you want me? You understand that clear? If it's confusing, somebody in your group can explain it to you. All right, so go ahead, get in your groups. And in a little bit, uh, Sam will come back up and give you some more instruction.